Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Flincham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, hold on. My, my backup recording isn't on either. Oh my god, Cassie. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready now. Why did we invite you on? <laughs> For my COVID coughs. <laughs> oh, I know. I heard that you, I had my earphones the entire time, by the way. I just like was typing notes for my student, but like I heard that Cassie got COVID and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's only the second time I've had COVID. So. Oh, the second time? I got it at the beginning um, from urgent care because, you know, that's where people bring it before the vaccines exist. So. You're like the first person they see and you're just like, great. Basically, they weren't even testing us when I got it the first time. Oh, really? Well, that's when tests were like super rare. Yeah, you got it in like March of 2020, right? Yeah, you couldn't, like, you had to like apply to the CDC to like fight for testing but it was like definitely over here we were seeing like so many like suspicious viral pneumonias and i lost my sense of smell and taste completely i was sick for weeks it was awful no it does not sound like a fun time no don't recommend i mean the newer one's not Mm -hmm. as bad but also i'm vaccinated and boosted so and i had the original so it was also less bad but still not fun I guess this isn't a COVID podcast. This is a fiddle mm-hmm. and pipe. And I'm Brittany Ross. We read books. Kevin Flincham <laughs> is the beautiful voice that you just heard. And with us today, mm-hmm. we have Cassie Holmes. Hi, hi. My Whoop. childhood BFF. Very excited. I have my two favorite gingers talking about books and COVID. <laughs> COVID books. <laughs> COVID books. I think this book was written in 2020. It was. It was. Because I definitely read this 10 minutes before. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our first guest coming on prepared. Super fresh knowledge right there. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So we are reading, or we have started the practice by Seth. Is it Godin? Godin? I would assume so. I think Godin would have two Ds, wouldn't it? Mm, No. English phonetics don't make sense with last names. Ah. It's unpredictable. You never know. Who knows? <laughs> we should look this up on YouTube or something. We should look Google. this up. But I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but we read the first section of this book, which is Trust Yourself. And Cassie, why did you pick this section to join us? I mean, I'm in like the medical field, so it's kind of weird because... Like, you call it, like, medical practice or whatever, because literally every time you walk in a room with a patient, it's practicing your job. So you have to really trust yourself. Um, And a lot of days, like, especially when you're, if you're in a new position or, like, at a new, or just, like, new to, like, whatever procedure you're doing, like, it's hard to trust yourself. You know, hearing you say this is making my hands really sweaty. <laughs> yeah. I, like, can't imagine what it's like thinking, like, okay, I have a new patient. This is a new practice. Because you're basically kind of, like, the person that's kind of taking care yeah. of someone else's, like, health. And, wow. 
I feel really terrified. You gotta start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. There's always a first time someone does a surgery. <laughs> oh. I want to be present in the background. <laughs> like, Both Catherine's and my face is just dropped. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I know that's how it works, but I don't yeah. want to be the test subject. Please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to be in the background, like, waving, like, I'm here. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yes. I'm here for moral support. I know that y'all can do this. <laughs> uh, wow, my hands are so sweaty right now. I'm sorry. Hey, maybe that was too dark a note to start on. <laughs> No, it's okay. No. I <laughs> I trust fine. myself, but the thing is, is like I'm just a violinist and a podcaster, so I can do those things. Not a doctor. I don't trust myself to do medicine. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we have different degrees of severity in the stuff that we do, I suppose. Mm, I think it's still similar because I think it can be like just as nerve wracking versus if you're on stage mm-hmm. or like in a room and someone's like letting you do something to their body (laughs) like so (laughs) i think they're pretty similar experiences having i'm a violist so honestly they're the same to me (laughs) yeah it's like i find it like it's you have like a different patient every time yeah Mm -hmm. or most times and like for us as musicians we have different students that come in every now and then different pieces of music that we come like that we prepare prepare what are words today where's our heart it's a monday oh god it's thursday i know (laughs) every day this week did feel like monday (laughs) just monday all the time i hate it what did y'all think about the first chapter of this book because i know we kind of started talking about it before we started recording and i was just like oh let's save it let's save it for a podcast is this is the juicy shit that people sign up to read or listen to words are hard it's a monday well, what did you think about this first chapter, Brittany? It made me question my reading comprehension skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In what ways? Well, I know I'm really bad at retaining media, right? So I was like, maybe I'm just not paying attention enough to read this. And I reread the first couple of pages a few times, and I'm like, it's not me. It's no. his writing style. It's... He- unintentionally stream of consciousness <laughs> yes <laughs> in a self-help format which is interesting i don't know if i've seen something like this before i like his end goals and the stuff that he's trying to say i think it has merit i think it echoes a lot of atomic habits is kind of what yes. i thought most about but it's just the way to get there was not very straightforward in my opinion. Usually I'm reading scientific writing, which is extremely dry and very to the point. And this is confusing <laughs> to me. <laughs> it's like, not scientific. Probably the thing that bothered me the most is, like, he's trying to, like, put forward this framework or, like, way of thinking about, like, I guess your creative work. And... I felt like the language he used was confusing and not consistent or like concepts he wasn't using a clear, consistent term for. Do you have an example? I know you read this like 10 minutes ago, so you should be able to just pull it. <laughs> like, I felt like, like, for instance, when he's talking about like the practice, like he never really 
like clearly straight up I, I felt like it wasn't very clear like what he means by the practice it's just this vague like you do this process are you talking about the first like intro yeah like, before yeah number one or before number one um, like the forward i guess oh that's even even yeah. better one that's an even better one so like shipping what does he mean by shipping like does he mean like shipping a product to market am i supposed to like assume that like like shipping creative work so that was something i found confusing and i don't know maybe if he talks about that further into the book um, but that seems like an important part of his framework here. I think the reason why he kind of avoids defining the practice as something more specific and narrow is because he is trying to apply this to a ton of different fields. He talks constantly about, you know, if you're a therapist, if you're a writer, if you're a musician, if you're an artist, if you're a doctor. So the practice is what you need to do to hone your craft, whatever it is. Sometimes practicing is more mm-hmm. literal, like musicians practice. We literally practice. Um, but also at the same time, doctors practice. But we practice in different ways. So I think mm-hmm. he's trying to write a book about a very big concept and trying to making it, make it relate to a ton of people. Yeah. That's what it seems like, and it maybe that's why the language is so kind like vague. Big, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I guess I've read other books maybe in where they like, especially for a word like practice, which has like so many like usages, like mm-hmm. denoting when he's using it in the term for his framework, like like italicizing or something like that would be helpful. Versus when yeah. he's not using it for the framework meaning, I think that mm-hmm. would have made this like a little more clear. Or it would have made it more yeah. helpful if he almost made up his own word or called it, like, the practice method. Yeah. Or the method of yeah. practice. Yeah, because sometimes, like, there's parts where he's, like, I think later on he's talking about creativity and it's a practice of growth and connection and service and daring. And, like, I don't think that's the practice he was talking about earlier. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Um. So it's, like, especially when, like, he just jumps right into, like, talking about this stuff with, with like, such limited, like, preamble or background i guess it's just a little like confusing mm-hmm. yeah i felt a little misled about this section because it took me about halfway into the section to really kind of realize what he was talking about because we said earlier that's very stream of consciousness-esque and the way that this book is formatted maybe for those of us who aren't reading it or haven't read it it's set up like numbered steps almost of things that you can do or things that are related to get to whatever his end goal is of that section. He's not talking about trusting yourself and having confidence to do the thing that you need to do. He's The end goal of this section is to trust that you know what you need to do so you can do the practice mm-hmm. for what you need to do. He mentions it somewhere. It's towards the end, isn't it? It's page 25. He says, sometimes I use the phrase trust yourself with three words instead of two. Who is your, Y-O-U-R, 
who's doing the trusting and who's being trusted. So, and I think that this is the section, it's like number 17 when he talks about the world's worst boss, how you don't want to work for somebody that's going to be a jerk. You don't want to work for somebody that's going to stress you out. Like, how are you going to treat yourself? How are you going to be your own, like, mm-hmm. good boss, it seems like, rather than worst boss. But Yeah, like, don't beat yourself down kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. You don't want to be working for somebody that's going to beat you down, so why are you beating yourself down? Yeah, it's that whole thing where you would never talk to a friend or a loved one the same way that you talk to yourself. No. Mm-hmm. But putting it into a boss and employee relationship instead. Yeah, he says, most of all, what we need from a great boss for our self, and he italicized self, which was helpful, yeah. <laughs> is somebody who will see us for what we are capable of. You would never work for somebody who treats you the way that you treat yourself. It's time to start training the boss that is you, time to start trusting yourself, trusting the process, and trusting that you are actually as capable as you are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Self. I really liked the end goal once I kind of realized what he was talking about, but the writing style is just very confusing. Also, I feel like some of it mm-hmm. is almost written kind of prosy because he does a lot of line breaks Mm -hmm. kind of all over the place for emphasis like for example on that same page in number 18 it's you are enough he says the industrial system works to make you feel powerless it is sorry its message is that you haven't been chosen haven't been given the right talents and aren't worthy of having a voice line break but you already are enough line break you already have enough leverage line break you already see enough. Line break. You already want to make things better. Line break. Start where you are. Start now. Find the pattern and care enough to do something about it. Do you not like the line breaks? <laughs> it just, I, I get it's to provide emphasis and repetition, but it just kind of makes me feel like I'm being lectured at. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it. I think of it in the opposite way. I, I see it really? more as like an easier way to read. <laughs> Cause really? I hate it. I hate it whenever I see a full page of just words and there's like, Catherine's like just fuck words. I'm <laughs> well, just like a giant block with no paragraph separations mm. or whatnot. And I guess also yeah. because I'm on social media all the time, whenever I look at posts and they are spaced out in ways and defining certain points, because if I see a text on Insta, like a caption on Instagram, and it's just a giant block no spacing, no nothing of text, then I'm just going to scroll through because yeah. it just hurts my eyes. And I feel the same way sometimes when I read a book because I'll see it. It's more like aesthetically pleasing if there's a break. Yeah, and I, my brain just personally, I get jumbled up with all the words that are written on print and mm-hmm. it just hurts a little bit. So, and I get kind of lost. I know that it's like <laughs> emphasized in a way like you were enough and you're this, but mm-hmm. when I look at this stuff, it's like, oh, this is really easy to read like visually mm-hmm. and I can understand what he's trying to say a little bit more clearly versus like, okay, I just read this whole block of words. What's the meaning of this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I like how it's broken up in sections too because it feels less like wow, I have 40 pages to read, and it's going to take a long time. Whereas I have these sections, and I'm like, wow, I can easily break this up, where if I need to like read over this little section, I can, mm-hmm. and move forward to the next concept if you know I need to. 
it, I mean, again, his writing style, every now and then I have to reread one or three times. Um, a little <laughs> he is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I I have to be like, what does he mean by this? Mm -hmm. But I do like how it's kind of set up just for a visual perspective, I guess. It's more accessible. Mm -hmm. You can read it on the train and get up and get off from your metro stop and keep going. (laughs) I wish I knew what that life is like. (laughs) Denver, (laughs) get better. I also like that these sections are very short. So the first chapter is less than 40 pages and it has 34 sections. So each section is a little bit over a page. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of sections. I don't know. I I feel kind of split about it. I feel primarily that it's a little disruptive and it's harder for me to keep focus, but at the same time, it's short enough where it's easy to stop and pick up. And the main idea is right there. It's like when you were taught how to write a paragraph in, was it middle school, where you have topic sentence, supporting point, supporting point, supporting point, col- uh, conclusion. Thanks, Miss Ross. Mrs. <laughs> <This is> Ross. <laughs> I expect these papers on my desk in a week. <laughs> We're gonna get a pad paper. <laughs> gonna do it last minute, ten minutes before, maybe I don't know, five minutes before. I'm not good at reading paragraphs. I mean, that's what Cassie's gonna do. She procrastinated reading for this though, so. I did too. I read this this morning. Oh yes, I didn't procrastinate in school, but well, why do I? I don't know. That's okay. You're not being great on this. It's a little different. I don't. I guess one thing that I thought was also kind of confusing is that he talks about the industrial system in a negative light but then like a lot of the words he uses are very like i don't want to say capitalist but like they kind of are like (laughs) like it's all about like like when he goes into to be a service to people and then like we're gonna work and follow the process and do the practice and ship the the whatever we're shipping and those are all like i guess it's just, like, kind of funny that the terminology he ends up still using is, like, very industrial system. Yeah. I feel like I'm at UPS. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm guessing he means ship, like, ship to market. I don't, because I don't know. I think he else. means, like, sharing. I think that's yeah, his like, comparison. It's, like, sharing your your practice or your craft is, like, shipping something to somewhere because you're sharing something with other people. Well, that's why I thought shipping was such a weird choice because he could have chose sharing creative work, which is like less industrial system. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> but he chose shipping, so I still feel like he's in the machine. <laughs> so we're in like the industrial revolution or something. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Or like I feel like it's also kind of conflicting because he calls it work because it's not a hobby. And, like, of course, like, you know, I do think, like, you know, music is work. You guys don't get up on stage and, like, you sweat your butts off, like, playing stuff. And it's, like, people that do art have to, like, spend a lot of time in that. Then it's confused. I feel like it's just confusing because he goes back and forth between, like, 
like do your passion but also it's work yeah do your passion but also Mm -hmm. it's work and like the industrial process is bad and then i'm like you're still a unit in the industrial cog yeah like i'm like what like i i don't understand like what his i feel like he's a little like scattered on that front there it i think i what i got out of it was like, if you want to do something that you really want to do, it requires work. There's not, like, overnight success. Like, what I got out of this whole, like, I know it's called trust yourself, but, like, what I got out of this was that we're more focused on the outcome versus the process, which, again, is, like, parallel to what Atomic Habits kind of yeah yeah brought us. And that's, like, basically the whole gist of what I got out of this. Like, if you want to do something. Yeah, I was like, oh, I just read a. Like, not as good at Atomic Habits. <laughs> yeah, like, if you want to do something, like, that is your goal, obviously, like, the work matters, the process matters more than the outcome, and, like, if you're more focused on the outcome, obviously, like, that's not what you should be focused on, and all that. <laughs> Hey, you look kind of peppy. I am peppy because I just drank a cup of coffee from La Belle Rosette Espresso and Wine Bar. That's in Denver, right? Yep. We are located right across the street from the University of Denver. And do they have more than just espresso and wine? Yeah, we have breakfast burritos, paninis, pastries, teas. We have a lot. If someone was walking through Denver and let's say this person was me and let's say I wanted a panini, when is LaBelle open so I can go and get one? We are open from 7 to 5 Monday through Friday, 7 to 2 on Saturdays, 8 to 2 on Sundays. And if you use the code FPPODCAST, you'll get 15% off your order, whether you're in store or online at LaBelleRosette.com. That's a really good deal. Totally a good deal, and it's even a better deal when you get to see moi at the store. Is that a good deal? Uh, not really, but I actually need to head to work right now because I'm gonna be late. Oh, so I'm gonna go. Go to Labelle Rosette. Go. Bye. Right now. Drop <laughs> everything. Go. One good thing that he said that I enjoyed and agreed with was that you need to work towards what you identify as so you can't just be like I'm a writer or no wait I'm not a writer until I get something published you are a writer if you just sit down and write you are a runner if you go for a run kind of establishing that Mm -hmm. mentality of you're not just something and I guess this kind of goes with what Cassie was saying where he contradicts himself a lot on passion versus industrialization of skills but you aren't just something because you are able to make a profit off of it and that's not really what defines your label Mm -hmm. so i guess like identity establishment goes beyond job profession and how using that can motivate you to put more effort into doing what you want to do and then that's something you can potentially have a career out of i know a lot of people who struggle with imposter syndrome because we're musicians and that seems to be these days like synonymous with being an artist in imposter syndrome for your whole life actually like (laughs) like just being honest that's my career i'm an imposter yeah like 
I don't know. I feel like imposter syndrome for music just kind of became imposter imposter syndrome for like everything in my life after that, you know? Yeah. So. But it's kind of nice to remember that you are what you do. And that's really the point that he says. He says, runners write, or sorry, uh, writers write, runners run, establish your identity by doing your work. So what you do establishes who you are. And he also has a very thorough line of encouraging positive self-talk, which is really nice and always refreshing, kind of not limiting yourself, making sure that, again, if we use the writing example, oh, I'm not a writer because I haven't written anything. Well, you haven't done it yet. Or, you know, you're not as good as you need to be yet. Kind of making things not definitive. I don't know. I was kind of frustrated the entire time I was reading this because I've been in a bad mood all week. And, like, reading this positivity stuff was in my head. All I'm thinking is, this is a load of crap. Just being honest, like... I'm just, like, kind of going through a lot, and when I was, like, reading this, I was just like, why? Like, I try to be positive, and I'm feeling, like, this shit mood trying to think positive, and I just felt like it was crap. I know that's not the right thing to say, but I wrote in my notes, like, I hate this (laughs) the entire time. Like, and I think it's just because it was so positive, and, like, I don't know, again, like, with his language, it feels very forced yeah and i was just like i don't really like but also roundabout (laughs) like i understood what he was talking about in ways but i just wasn't feeling the vibe like yeah this is gonna be great like i'm just thinking this sucks (laughs) i get that i thought the sentiment was nice but it was like i probably wouldn't be thinking that way if i were like not feeling shitty this week I probably would be thinking the opposite, but this week in general, like... You shouldn't dismiss your own opinion. Your opinion is completely valid, and I do agree with it. I I do know that if I was in a better mood, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, this is totally on point, but this week, fuck that. Oh, I mean, I'm not even, like, this book is totally on point. I think this book has... (laughs) This book made me question my reading comprehension skills. You had to go back to 8th grade language arts. I kind of did. I was like, what's... Okay, there's my thesis. I mean, I'm in, like, I would say an average mood. And so I'm not either... I don't feel positive nor negative this week. Just, I'm there. Surviving COVID. I've definitely read, like, better authors write positive things that I resonated more with. I think it's partly the writing style. It's just... I don't want to say I feel like I was mansplained too, but it does feel a little mansplaining. Yes, I agree with that. And it also feels like we get to conclusions kind of out of the blue. Because the whole first half of this trust yourself section is just about feeling like an imposter. And then suddenly it's like, oh, well, you are what you do. And I was like, okay, I'm glad that was such an easy fix. Yeah. Like, like, thanks. Yeah, it's not... (laughs) Like, people spend, like, years in therapy, like, trying to, like, change their bad cognitive habits and, like, self-talk and literally, it's just kind of weird that <laughs> he flips the coin, like, so fast. Here's the solution. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why spend all that money on therapy when you can read these 40 pages? For nine ninety nine on Apple Books. For nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Damn you, Fairfax County, not having it available online. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree with you, Catherine. I think that, well, I think the sentiment was nice. I don't think it was done correctly. Yeah. I don't think this is crap. I was just thinking in the moment, y'all. No, I don't think it's crap either. I, I'm, I'm saying it to the audience, though. Like, if someone's, like, mad at me for that, it's just because I'm in a mood. Like, let me live, okay? Thank you. Girl, it's your podcast. You do what you want to do. I just have opinions when I'm in a mood. Like, I... <laughs> no filter. It's okay. I think he's still stuck in the capitalist machine. He's but a cog in the wheel. But wheels. he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> he doesn't know it yet. Yeah. He doesn't know it yet. <laughs> Number 30 is In Defense of Magic. And I definitely read that as the... Is it the Defense Against the Dark, dark Arts? Dark Arts, or yeah. The... the Defense Against the Dark yeah. Arts. Or like the, the Ministry of Magic. I think I combined those mm. two in my head. And I was like, Harry Potter. And then it wasn't. And I was mad. Mm-hmm. I actually got really excited for that section because I saw magic and uh, we were watching like a let's play of the third dog on Rampa game the other day. And this one character in it is like, she does like magic tricks, but she insists that it's like real magic. And it's like the stu- she's so stupid. It's great. And I was like really excited because I'm like, wow, maybe he's going to be like, this is real magic. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I was disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this yeah. was a section. <laughs> it was a section. Can't I don't trust myself any more than I did before. <laughs> I don't know. I was sitting there and I'm like, I understand like the whole purpose, what this like section is supposed to be about. But being someone that has a really hard trusting themselves in general, I feel like I definitely understood what it was about. But I didn't. I don't feel like, oh yeah, like this is so much better. Yeah. It's not life-changing. No. It's not really life-changing. I think it's something to take in mind when, or like to remind myself, like, okay, if I have a certain goal to learn a piece by a certain time, you know, like I'll remember like, okay, my, I need to like think about the process of feeling how am I going to practice this piece and feel good with it? And mm-hmm. no matter what the outcome is, when I do play it at the performance, like I'm not going to beat myself up if I, the performance doesn't go the way it is because just because that performance happens, it's not like the last outcome I have playing my flute. But right. I should like you know think about the process of learning the music and uh, like understanding like what I learned when I was practicing I kind of think about that sometimes when I do auditions even though like every time I do the audition it sucks so I always think about those outcomes more mm-hmm. than I actually think about the process but I mean that's what like an example I'm just throwing out there for like future reference in my own life you know yeah like see but, my my personal issue is that I can trust myself to do the work you're good at working. Yeah. yeah I'm, good at, I'm good at working, but it's... Yeah. I just turn my brain off and do the thing because that's my learned trauma approach is just I do what needs to get done. Get her done. Uh, just get her done. Um, and just do the bare minimum, check off that list, and file everything else for later. And then yeah. I never touch it again. So it's like for me personally this isn't really an issue for me. Like, being able to trust myself to do the work. Yeah. I think 
for me personally, it goes beyond that. So I'm interested to see in what else the book has to offer. And yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe it goes in a different direction but if i'm uh, if it doesn't get out of the stream of consciousness stuff it's going to take me so long to read it cuz i'm going to be like wait what <laughs> wait what <laughs> i'm hoping like his discussion of like creativity and talent is like more interesting cuz that's definitely i think the narrative of creativity in our society is like not true and like toxic <laughs> Because, right. Like mm-hmm. people think it's just like, ooh, you get like creative bolt of lightning from the sky and suddenly you draw a pretty pretty picture that's so good and it's like that's not real. It's not how it works. Like literally you have to draw every day, you draw lots of ugly shit and one day one of them comes out really good. <laughs> well, doesn't he say that about yeah. the New York cartoonist where he shows he a pile of yeah. the stuff that huh. He actually... Number... Yeah, go ahead. You have it in front of you. Number 26, how big is the discard pile? And it shows a picture of, I'll like... show you my uh... discard pile. What? What are you discarding? I, when I think that... I think that's poop. Um, oh. Are you pooping? <laughs> I mean, I can if that's what you want me to do. Please don't do it right now. I don't want you to have an accident. <laughs> no, this would be on purpose, Catherine. I'm gonna be on purpose. She's Not on an purpose. accident. <laughs> She's gonna do it on demand right now. Poop on demand. Uh. Huh. We should trademark that. Poop on Poop demand. On, for what purpose? What are you gonna do with that? I don't know. I just feel like it's gonna come back later. Oh man. Oh my god. Um. Anyway. Keep going, Catherine. While we're not pooping on demand. <laughs> It just shows, like, that pile where it has, like, all the rejected cartoons and then, like, the one cartoon that got accepted or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or that he thought was good enough to submit. Yeah. Or something. I kind of feel that way, like, with auditions, especially if you have, um, like, the advantage of doing a recorded audition and you can do it in the privacy of, like, your own home or they somewhere. they suck more than auditioning in I person. I know. Because then you start getting in your own head about it. Yeah, I know, because there are times where, and I've done this before, not just with auditions, but on social media, like, a long time ago. Now I don't really give a crap anymore, but when I first started, like, posting flute stuff, I would record over and over and over and over again until I finally found, like, one video that felt like this is the best, even though, like, it probably wasn't whatsoever but it's just like i kind of relate to that in a way like it's easy to think this is not good enough this is not good enough this is not good enough but one is good enough and i don't know i i used i just burn myself out of it basically so i don't feel like doing that anymore i don't do reels because i'm not social media inclined and nearly as talented as you are at it but i think about what I did for pre-screenings for grad school and I would you know film myself playing whatever excerpt piece a hundred times yeah. <laughs> go through it and it's hard to not fall into the trap of oh no this time will be better oh no this time will be better and I feel like a lot of my students because of COVID and everything they've had to do all state and honor orchestra auditions submitted virtually 
and I tell them, I'm like, pick a three or four day window, get a few recordings from every day, then just pick the best one. Yeah. If you start getting in your own head about it, it's not going to make it any better. It's just going to make it worse. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, and also it just, it takes up a lot of time. Yeah. I I noticed that, you know, if you keep trying over and over and over again to find that perfect one, but also I kind of think about it from like what I learned from my mindset coachings is like when you think about like what is enough if you feel like you're not enough, what is perfect? Like, what is perfect to you? What is actually perfect in general? What's perfect to you might not be perfect for somebody else. Yeah, that's true. That's why I kind of am just over doing stuff like that. I just don't care. (laughs) Like, I'm, I just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tire myself out. Yeah, I feel like that means you're just kind of like, you know, I am what I am and you can take it or leave it. And I feel like at the end of the day, that's kind of a healthier mindset to be in. I think people Mm -hmm. are also less, in general, most people are less critical of you than yourself is. That's yeah, true. we're our own worst, I guess, boss in this case, not critic. Yeah. Wish I was a better boss. I wish I was a better boss, but I'm a shitty boss. <laughs> Just being honest. And I don't poop on demand, so. Um, Ugh, we're gonna have to fire you. Yeah, I don't have that feature either. They gonna have to fire you too, Cassie. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I guess, getting back to the practice, is there anything else that y'all wanted to say about this section? Oh, I do want to say the fly fishing section. I was having a great time just imagining him going fly fishing with his friends and being the dumbass who, like, didn't try to catch a fish. Yeah, he didn't even have a hook. I mean, he was having a good time, I guess. It definitely sounded like he felt like he was special and smarter because he didn't have that yeah <laughs> it was a little weird i just was trying to imagine the social context of this event and like if i went out like with my friends and we were you know what if we went to, you know what do people do they like shoot arrows or throw knives at things what's the popular thing they throw knives now axe right? throwing axe throwing yeah <clears throat> sorry i have covid um, but like stay away from me imagine if i just went out axe throwing with all my friends and i was just like no no axe for me i'm just gonna just give me the hilt and i just do this all day with the hilt pretending to throw like like what like that's what they literally did i would be a little concerned like that's so weird did he ever go back and try to fly fish like was there any like the outcome matters. Like, <laughs> did he ever hang out with those friends again? Yeah. Did they ever want to right? see him again? Like, <laughs> why did he go out fly fishing in the first place? Like, the outcome go... matters for that because then, like, you're gonna talk about like after the event, like, oh, I caught this fish, or oh, you almost caught that fish. Oh well, he just sat over there with his flinging weird... his little string yeah, around, like waving his arms, <laughs> like. Like, I'm over there just waving my arm with the axe. I didn't hit anything. I didn't do anything. I'm just, like, waving my arms. Like That's socially so awkward. Yes, this is a very a weird passage. It was very strange, and I don't know how this person functioned socially. I mean, power to him. I guess he was, he's got, he's that confident. Maybe yeah. he's really good at fly fishing now, and I hang out all the time. I don't know. He didn't. And none of them hook anything. He left us hanging. 
He just absorbed it from sight, and he's like, I can fly fish now. Osmosis. I don't even have to do As that. if, what, the weight of the fish on the line doesn't change, like, probably your posture or what you're doing? How's he going to bring the fish in? He's never tried. He's going to bring it with his mind. He's Professor X. Just yes. guiding it towards him. <laughs> I liked that, that chapter, though. That was a good one. Yeah, there were some chapters that I liked, <laughs> but... Yeah, I think overall, like, the whole gist that I got is... You gotta work, bitch. We gotta work if you... And I think this called me out because I just, you know... If you want... It's on page 19. I think, like, the last paragraph on page 19, I really liked. If you want to change your story, change your actions first. It's in bold. And I don't know. I thought that was calling me out on a lot of things. Oh, I was like, okay. Thanks, Seth. I mean, there's truth to it. There is, men- there's truth to it. So there are like little things that I did like. Yeah, same. Things that I did not resonate with, but you know, you can't live everything. So, yeah. But I'm curious to see how this book goes. You know, I'm kind of curious if any of these sections later on are different. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like it'll resonate with me a little bit better. Maybe I'll be in a better mood. (laughs) I'm interested to see where it goes because it has promise, but it just kind of depends. It could go either way for me. Yeah. Well, thanks for jumping on this episode with us, Cassie. Cassie. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Mm. (laughs) My cats are adorable. I love them all. They're very cute. You should send a picture of them to Catherine so she can post on social media. You should. We can share it on social media, your cats. Okay. As your plug. I was about to say cat collection, but that sounds... They are. I do have a collection of cats. There are three of them now. Is that what you call a group of cats, a collection? Aren't they a cattery? Are they really? A cattery? I never heard that. Is that not a Don't word? You... Did I make that up? Then you guys both have catteries. <laughs> I don't know. I usually just call them a herd. <laughs> Group of a herd. cats. A herd of cats. A clouder. A clouder? A clouder. A clouder of cats. No, my cat. My cats are not a clouder. That's amazing. Did somebody just sit there and make up words for group of animals? I'm pretty sure there is literally someone who self-appointed <laughs> themselves. Like the English language aficionado on like groups of animal words. A group of cats that's uncertain of each other is called a glaring. No, that's literally what you do when you're mad at someone. Uncertain of each other. My cats, yeah. only two of them are uncertain of each other, though. What about the, what then? Am I a clouder or a glaring? I'm a cattery. This is a cattery we run here. It's a cattery. Yes, you can pick your favorite cat, pet them. Well, maybe not flapjacks. Don't pick him. He, he picked me. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I feel with Lacey. I'm like, don't pet him. Don't pet her. She'll pet you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh-huh. But some people still try to pet her. <laughs> and I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that unless she wants you to. I give them two warnings so it sinks in. And then if they touch them, it's not my fault. Exactly. You had your warnings. Yep. If you want to join our clouder, you can find us on social media at Fiddle and Pipe. You can also find us on Facebook at Fiddle and Pipe Forum. I always get really confused when we say the at because then I think about Instagram and 
There's too many social media platforms to keep track of because we are a very high concentrated society. You can find Catherine's Luncheon at Cat Lunch Flute. You can find myself at BM Ross Music. If you want to rate and review our podcast, you will be able to do that on Apple Podcast. You can rate us on Spotify. Um, just let us know what you think about the podcast. If you want to know what you think, we like to entertain and poop on demand yeah. and <laughs> we'd love to poop on demand <laughs> if you enjoy our conversations like pooping um you can listen to our outtakes on <laughs> patreon.com slash fiddle and pipe where we have plenty of poo conversations not really but we have um many random conversations like this mm-hmm. because you know we just Bloopers and outtakes from every episode, and there if you, you love our banter even more, we have our happy hour podcast where it's just us banter. And we've been on a trivia kick recently, so there's a lot of trivia episodes. And then we're unleashing a new tier uh, this fall that is going to have other books that we're not unleashing on the podcast. So more to announce later on that. We. Would also love it if y'all would share the podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Word of mouth is the best way to help us grow. Is that it? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Well, next week we'll be covering the next section of this book with Dr. Chelsea Tanner. Um, What is the next section of this book called? Something. Generous. Generous. And I guess until next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.